0: now for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of ohio this is forged in ohio hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of forged in ohio my name is jake marin and i'm the host of this podcast and look i'm always excited to be joined by guests on Forged in ohio but today's does hit just a bit different. The more research I did on this heavyweight, the more I got excited to talk to him. He's the second heavyweight fighter I've had on the show. He's a former state and national wrestling champion. He's a pro boxer and he'll be making his professional MMA debut as well in just a few days. Joining me today is the one and only bad Matt Adams. Thanks for coming on the show, Matt, and welcome to Forge in Ohio.
1: Hey, man, I appreciate that you give me this opportunity to hop on here and uh, talk to you and get my story
0: out there. Yeah, I appreciate your time, as always, in joining me on the podcast. And I usually talk to combat sports athletes who are involved in one or two martial arts or sports. For you, though, you started in wrestling and now have active careers in both boxing and MMA. I got to ask how you even got into combat sports in the first place. Well, man,
1: it's it's kind of a funny story. I used to play football and uh, I was actually really good at football and uh I transferred schools my sophomore year and uh when I transferred I went to a rivalry school so I went from schools that hate each other so I didn't want to play football against my friends I used to play with and used to call brothers so I quit football and uh going into my junior year they're like hey man try out for wrestling I'm like ah man now end up getting to wrestling and uh the first year I made the state, I went 0-2. I'm like, man, I can't just leave this school 0-2 on state. So I came back my senior year and I uh, went, I'm pretty sure I went 62-1, won the wow. state title, and then uh, went on to wrestle at nationals, and now went on to win team nationals as well for freestyle.
0: Were you just a natural at the sport of wrestling going into it in your junior year? And then, of course, coming back as a senior, that's really impressive for just, you know, two years of experience. Man,
1: uh, I was strong. I was athletic. A lot of people, like coaches, told me I was a freak athlete and stuff. But when I when I take up a craft, I want to put my all into it. So like going into my senior year, I went to every off off season tournament I could. I went, I think 71 and two during the off season. So I got equivalent to like two years of wrestling during the off season. And I knew coming back, I'm like, man, I gotta win this state title because our school never had one. And uh, I'm like, I got to win this for the coaches, for the kids, for the school and uh, for my mom. So I ended up coming back and uh, sticking it out. And I'm, I'm glad I did now, though.
0: And you encouraged by others to start wrestling. Were you growing up like were you ever a fan of the sport of wrestling or a combat sports in general? Or was it just that first inquiry in high school that got you into into the mats?
1: It was honestly, I'm never like my friends wrestled growing up. I'm like, man, I don't. Know, that's kind of a weird sport. You know, you guys are in singlets. I'm not hating on wrestling. Like, I, I obviously I'm sure. a big time. Wrestler. I love going to events. I love helping little kids. But growing up, like, man, my buddy Dylan's like, man, getting wrestling. I'm like, nah, man. You guys are in singlets out there. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And I played football, so I didn't want to really take time away from football to focus on wrestling. Well, I was lifting one day, and my coach came in, Coach Reed, and he's like, hey, man, you're, you're a strong kid. At the time, I didn't know who he was. And he's like, come out to your wrestling team. I'm like, nah, man. And he's like, come out and see what it's about. I'm like, I went out there. I'm like, you know, I'll go out there. And, man, he beat the living crap out of me. And I thought to myself, like, man, this dude just literally dogged me. And, like, I was in a lot of street fights. I'm like, man, he just literally dog walked me. I'm like, nah, I got to stick this out to get back. And by the end of my – Uh, junior senior year i was taking him down and he was taking me down he was a former ou wrestler so it was fun
0: and what was that atmosphere like and the pressure as a high school athlete going that far and competing in states and in national tournaments like you did
1: man it was it was a lot of pressure because going into state my senior year we had a kill the best team our school's ever seen uh we got the year yeah my senior my junior year we got four we got second nationals down at uh Down in Florida, and uh, so we had a killer team. We were projected nine kids to go state my senior year from our team. We had a lot of kids, like, with undefeated records or kids that only lost one or two. So we made to districts. We had, like, ten kids go districts, and nine of us were projected to make it out. One kid made out, and that was me. We didn't have any alternates. It was just me, so I'm like, man. Like, Like, my junior year, we had four or five kids, so I'm like, all right, I got kids to wrestle with. My senior year, man, everybody end up choking or losing. I'm like, man, this is tough. I got, I, just me. I gotta, I gotta put on a show.
0: Then after wrestling, what came first for you after wrestling in high school? Was it boxing or was it MMA? Man, I'll be
1: honest with you. I've only boxed for a year. It was MMA. Oh, wow. Man, I'll tell you what. I regret the way I started my amateur career. Uh, it wasn't the way I wanted to start. I got out. High school As soon as I got high school I fought I think two months After I got out of high school I ended up winning The first fight uh, 48 seconds or something With a TKO yeah. And I thought Just being Athletic And being a kid That could like wrestle I could win these matches I didn't take into Consideration cardio I didn't take into Consideration You know Strength and conditioning So my second fight I fought a dude That didn't speak English um, He had translator He was 6 foot 5 uh, He had his Muay Thai record he, he was from Across seas Like you can look You can look him up he was 143 and one in Muay Thai. It was his MMA debut, but he had so much more experience than me. I ended up I was beating him the first round, but I got gas second round loss, and then I took another loss after that. And I'm like, you know what, man, I, really, I never stepped foot into an MMA gym, and I wasn't lifting. I was just going out there because I loved I loved the competition. So then after that, I'm like, man, I gotta get myself into a gym.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense and it was still impressive for you to go out there just 2 months after high school and pick up the win in your debut. When did you actually realize though that you wanted to transition your skills in wrestling and we talked about your credentials in that sport to the actual sport of mixed martial arts?
1: Uh after wrestling like I'm like I, you know I fought, and I fought again and then uh I was on a two-fight losing streak. I'm like, man, I, this can't be me, man. I got to literally do something. I got to do something. Like, I so I took – actually, I took a long – if you look, I took a long time off. I took, like, three years off, and I wasn't going to fight again. Uh, I was like, man, I'm going to hang it up. I had some things happen. My mom passing away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to clear air ear on that. I was just fighting like a kid named, I think, Cody Norman or something like that and uh he ended up talking crap to me we were supposed to fight january something my mom died december 26th and i had to pull out of the fight he ended up talking a lot of crap like man you're you know call me names and i'm like man i got a lot of stuff going on you don't know about like i'm not gonna fight uh so i took some time off man i came back my wife's like you gotta fight you need to fight you're athletic and i was helping my friend brody at the time get ready for his fight wrestling he's like man why are you not fighting and uh he got me into uh, VO2 fitness out of Newark, Ohio. I started training there, and I started going up to Ronan. And I fell back in love with the sport. And ever since then, I get called in for like camp. Like I called in for Trayvon's camp. He's four zero with four first round finishes for wrestling. I got trained. I got called in for Wimberley's camp, Brody's camp, and I just keep getting like called in for camps. So I'm like, you know what? It's my time to step back in the ring.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, I'll start with VO2 Fitness. You're the first fighter I've had on the program that's affiliated with that gym. So what is it like training and, and getting work in there?
1: Be honest with you, man. They're more kickboxing and boxing base. And uh, that's kind of where my boxing career kind of started as a VO2. So didn't fight in May for a minute. They had a big tournament down in West Virginia called King of the Mountain. My buddy Brody was fighting that. He's like, and they called last minute for a replacement. They're like, hey, man, do you guys got any other fighters that want to get in this tournament? One of our guys just pulled out. It was a 16 man heavyweight tournament. And uh, I was still just helping Brody, you know, get ready for his fights. And they're like, hey, you want to step in and box? I'm like, ah. I'm like, man, I'm more of a wrestler, you know? I'm like, yeah, but I'll do it. I told Brody, I'm like, I'll do it, fight with you, have fun. I ended up making two finals and fighting for the belt everyone thought I won you know you look back on the fight I thought I won for the belt but it was it is what it is but uh yeah man vo2 is a great gym i love the atmosphere there we're kind of transitioning more into may now you know you got guys like like i said trayvon there that's knocking these dudes out in 10 seconds you know so more people are coming there to do may now than boxing.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Ronan Training Center as well, and I've had Mad Max Metzger on the show before. I plan on having guys like Asher Frederick and Mark Antonelli on the show down the line. I've seen yeah. those guys support you on social media, and I know you, you mentioned that you kind of cross-train there. Talk to me about that experience with Ronan and and what those guys mean to you as well.
1: Yeah, man, them guys are amazing. You know, Max, Max is a killer, straight-up killer. A lot of people look at him and, like, they don't realize how— well, like he talked, I, I listened to the interview and uh, he talked about just wrestling, but he can strike too while he's, you know, he's not really putting it all out there and that's fine, you know, but that dude's got some striking skills, a lot of good striking skills. Asher, man, he, he loves the, he loves this competition. He loves to fight if You look every day he's posting, who wants to fight me? He'll fight anybody. Mm-hmm. Like you got them guys, you got Travis Davis, you got Dan Spawn up there, you uh, you got Melvin Harris, you got all them guys up there. Mark, like you said, they're all just killers. But behind the scenes, they're you know you look at them in a cage and they're crushing these dudes. But behind the scene, man, they're good people. They got a heart. They're not just the killers that they'll give you advice. They'll pull you aside and be like, hey man, you need to do this. They'll give you work during your camp. Like even though they weigh so much less, they're giving you their hardest for that camp. And they're telling you like bold honesty they're like hey man you're doing this wrong you really need to correct this they're not yes men and that's what i respect about ronin man they take you up there and you know what there's some days you you literally get the crap beat out of you and uh you're like damn man like do i want to come back up here because it's such a far drive away from my house you know via two is an hour and two minutes away from my house ronin's an hour and 20 away from my house i have no close gyms to me
0: well and you're still making that commitment was that Hard at first getting into the sport. I know you started off fighting without gym affiliations. And then when you actually went to VO2, was that a hard commitment to make, making that long drive every single day, getting getting some work in the gym?
1: Yeah, because I, at the time, I just had my daughter and uh, I love her to death. And, I, you know, I work a full time job. I run heavy equipment. So I get up, of, you know, 430, get to work at five. I work all day. And then, you know, they start class up there at 730 at a vo2 but ronan's 5:30, so a lot of times i couldn't make up drone and that's kind of where i transitioned to vo2 was these guys got later classes i'm actually able to make it and get some work in and at first it was like i was hit or miss with me man uh brody would give me a lot of rides up there so i could work with him but after a while i kind of just got in the rhythm like i gotta go like i gotta get this work if i want to do something i went up there and started you know training there. like everybody's like man you hit so hard like you need to literally step back in the cage. And then had my first boxing match a week later. Or, yeah, boxing. And then had a promoter come up to me. He's like, hey, man, you you want to fight in May next week? I'm like, yeah, man, sure. I need to get back into it. So I just said yes on the spot. We went back down there. We fought on Saturday. I went back down there on Friday. Ended up fighting back-to-back weekends and winning, luckily. But, uh, yeah, the commitment, you just got to make it, man. The drive does suck. The fuel money sucks. But everybody's like, man, you got a chance of doing something big. You really need to commit yourself.
0: Yeah, that's an incredible story. And I I really think you are the epitome of a fighter. You're willing to take any fights regardless of the situation. You're willing to fight in back-to-back weekends in two completely different disciplines. And I want to get into both of those disciplines right now, actually. And we'll start with your MMA fights so far to this point. You mentioned your debut. It was just over six years ago at 19 years old. It was a super heavyweight contest where he knocked out Dustin Free in 30 seconds. Looking back at that debut, what did that initial win mean to you?
1: You know, I had a lot of people come up to that and support me. Uh and it meant a lot to me. I'm like, man, this sport's awesome. And uh I wanna keep the train rolling and I just didn't take in consideration, like, man, you got like there are guys out there, like even being amateurs, you got like like you mentioned, you got Max, you got Trayvon, you got Mark, you got all the guys that you don't see putting working seven days a week. And uh at the time I wasn't that guy. Like I was during I wasn't wrestling, but I wasn't that guy in may like i wasn't a guy willing to put seven days of work in i just wanted to compete and uh so that first fight meant a lot to me because i'm like i can actually do it you know i got my nerves out of the way but then man when i got beat it kind of put me in a depressed depressed mood because i knew i was winning the fight that was the problem i was winning the fight ended up getting gas and losing the fight so kind of in the back of my mind i'm like if i want to do something with this i really gotta put the foot down to the gas and go
0: the topic of nerves and anxiety going into fights always comes up on Forge in Ohio. And I always welcome those conversations as well because it shows these amazing fighters are humans too, right? So what were the nerves like going into your debut all those years ago? And do you still feel that at times before going into fights?
1: Yeah, when I first, my first fight ever, man, I was, I'm not going to lie. My buddy actually fought in the car with me. He ended up losing. So my nerves was even, he fought before me. So my nerves were even more shot. I'm like, man, we drove all this way. I'm like, if I lose, you know, there's a lot of people come up to drove an hour and a half, two hours. I forget. I think it was like two hours. because I fought in Akron. I'm like, if I lose man, I'm letting all these people down. And, uh, so my nerves were shot, but to go on, like my last fight, I fought Mark Gordon in May, went in the OCL first heavyweight belt. And, uh, my nerves weren't there. You know, I had my buddy, one of my best friend, Aaron Bush, in the back. Uh, dude, He he's one of them guys that uh, he really – people don't see the true side of him, but he's one of them guys that get your nerves under control. He tells you how it is. And we're in the back, you know, laughing, you know, just having a time of our lives because the way I look at now is there's – you have a choice. You can sign a contract or don't sign a contract. So, like, when I sign, I'm like, I know what I'm getting myself into. There's a 50% chance I win. There's a 50% chance I lose. You know, a fight's a fight. And uh I don't really have nerves anymore. I kind of thrive now under the lights. I kind of love it, walking out. You know, when I wrestled, I wrestled in front of 13,000 people at a state tournament, and then nationals was even bigger. So now I'm to a point where it's like, all right, my nerves are good. I'm ready to go.
0: Do you know when that transition happened for you, when you kind of were excited to go into fights and, and feel that anticipation going in rather than feeling those nerves and, and stress going into fights?
1: It was after my first boxing fight. I had my because I was on a two fight losing streak from May. So I just had a mm-hmm. lot going on. had my first boxing fight. I ended up winning like a minute 30. I felt great. I still was nervous. And then I went back and I started training. I started training with these guys that I knew were better than everybody in the tournament, like Travis, you know, Dan Spawn. I knew these guys were way better than these guys. I mean, they've been at the top of the game for a long time. So going into the second fight, my nerves weren't there because I was getting hit by these dudes that hit so hard. I'm like, I don't think I'll get knocked out. And uh, I ended up, you know, fighting my way through. My nerves just slowly went away after, like, the first round was a little weird. then after that, after the second round, Everything was gone. Then my third, fourth, fifth fight, sixth fight, seventh fight, you know, we're just like, it was awesome. I ended up going like 8-1 and one in one year of fighting boxing and MMA. So I just kind of fell in love with it
0: yeah and that's an impressive record especially when you're competing in two different sports and two different disciplines and sure there are similarities between the two but that is very very impressive you come off of those two losses in mma and you mentioned the circumstances in your personal life as well i could have only imagined what that did for you both physically and mentally but then you come back in 2021 against tyler may and you get a third round rear naked choke submission, the first submission of your career. What did that win and getting back into that cage feel like and mean to you both for your confidence, but also mentally as well?
1: Man, I'll tell you what, that's funny you say cage. We didn't fight in a cage, man. We fought a boxing ring down West Virginia right. outside. I was standing up to waters, water that was over my ankles, getting ready for that fight. It was 96 degrees with humidity. It was the worst I probably ever fight, felt in a fight. I couldn't get my punches flowing. I was, the, the heat was just killing me. Uh, he was a good boxer. He boxed with Mike Shepard, which was a nine time world champion kickboxer and boxer. Uh, so I knew he was going to come in there be be able to box. I was landing more. He was landing. Uh, but I ended up, yeah, getting him on his back, and choking him out. And it was awesome. It was just, it was kind of still a miserable time because the heat was just so unreal. I never fought humidity like that. Like, I've never fought outside. So it was definitely a different change. But, I mean, it was awesome because I'm like, can I even submit people? Like, I did training and stuff, but I never was that guy to, like, submit people. So when I got that choke, I'm like, all right, I can can take back. I can do this. So it meant a lot to me.
0: Moving forward, is that something that would detract you from taking future fights in terms of whether the fight is actually outside or inside a venue?
1: You know, probably not. I still, I'll still fight. I'm a fighter. I love (laughs) fighting. I loved the competition, so probably not. It was miserable, but after the win, VO2, we had five guys fighting. We ended up going 5-0, so the night was still awesome. Got to fight with all my buddies, you know, my coaches. We had a killer night, but the heat, the heat was miserable, man. I wish they would have done it a different day, but, yeah, I would fight like that again just because, you know, we're all fighters. Fighters fight. You either fight or, you know, you get out of the game and you realize you don't love it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you built a lot of confidence in that fight. And then what's a better confidence builder than actually winning a belt in MMA? That's exactly what you did. And you mentioned it. You won the Ohio Combat League Heavyweight Championship in your last amateur bout against Mark Gordon. It was a 48-second clinic where you took him down, took his back, got to full mount, and then won with punches. Were you surprised by how easy that contest was for you?
1: No, because I wasn't trained. Here's what... I wasn't training for Mark Gordon. I don't know if you heard. I was training for Logan. I think you say Gilbert out of uh, Grove State BJJ. That's who I was training for. That's who the belt. It was actually supposed to be, you know, he was three. No, with three first round knockouts, I think. Uh, It was supposed to be me and him fighting for the first ACL belt. He ended up pulling out of the fight like two weeks before the fight. He said he got hurt. Actually got hurt training with the dude I'm about to fight. Uh, He said he slipped, hit his head, got a concussion. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't don't know the circumstances. But uh, so Mark took the fight, which I knew he was a game competitor too. But my whole plan was to go in there and wrestle Logan because he was a wrestler, so I knew he was going to be trying to wrestle. I just want to prove, like, in the heavyweight division, I'm the best wrestler there is. So I'm like, I'm going to take Logan down and do the same thing. It would have been the same outcome no matter what, you know. But Mark and me are great friends. I actually talked to him last night before his fight. Uh, I was plan on going up there training with him. I'm um, happy for him, man. You know,
0: he advanced to three and one last night, and uh, he looked great. Yeah, he did. Is that hard for you? Like, were you friends before that fight, or was it something that you guys established after that fight?
1: I never even knew who Mark Gordon was before I fought him. uh okay. The cool messaged me. She's like, hey, Logan's hurt. Do you still want to fight? I said, yeah, you know, I feel good. I feel in shape. I'm like, yeah, give me anybody. That's what I said. I said, I'll fight anybody. She's like, Mark Gordon, he's down to fight you. I'm like, all right. Didn't know anything about him. Didn't do any research on the fights that he had before that. I just had the mindset. I don't really do research on any of the guys I fight, you know, because you'll see a different fighter every fight you won't see the same fight like everybody expects me to come out here and wrestle this fight we're going to see you know I'm going to show people that I'm not just a wrestler but now me and Mark are cool man he's a cool dude uh he's honestly really humble uh even after I beat him man he was really humble uh and I respect that i've i'm friends with pretty much everyone i ever fought
0: yeah that's that's insane i usually don't hear that in the mma game there's a lot of egos and things like that but you're a fighter through and through Having a late replacement like that, did that really affect your game plan going in? I know you were planning for a wrestler and that's what you ended up doing, but how much did that actually affect you in the weeks leading up to that fight?
1: It didn't affect me too bad uh, because I knew Logan was a tough, I don't want to say that though, but I feel like Mark would definitely probably beat Logan now that he's got more more rounds in, more wrestling, because... He came out last night and wrestled, man, and I was really shocked. He took the dude down, you know. He kinda did the same thing the dude I did to him. So I think he beat Logan now, but it didn't really affect me much because everybody's like, he's tall, he's six foot four, you know. But we all weigh the same in the heavyweight division, you know. People don't realize that they're like, man, he's so much bigger, you know. I'm like, he's gonna weigh the same as me though. The limit's two sixty five, so he's either gonna weigh less than me or more than me. So we're still the same size, you know. So it did affect me. The game plan stayed the same. It actually worked better because he was taller. So I knew I could get that body lock a little bit easier. The whole plan was duck the jab, exactly what I did, and get the body lock.
0: So I've talked to amateur mixed martial arts champions in the past, and I get mixed responses when I ask this question. Either fighters are like, yeah, those belts mean a lot to me, or no, it's just an amateur belt. That's not the end goal. How did you view winning that OCL Heavyweight Championship?
1: I'm kind of – I'm on edge about that that question because it was cool at the time. Like when I won it, I'm like, man, this is cool. Like people want to get pictures with me. People want to get pictures with it. But when I woke up next day, cause I stayed in the hotel at night, when I woke up next day and uh, I seen the belt, I'm like, man, that thing don't – I honestly can't tell you where it is at my house right now. It's somewhere here. I really don't know. I realized, I'm like, damn, man, like that We're amateur record don't mean anything when you go pro. Like none of them wins mean anything. None of them takedowns mean anything. None of them belts mean anything. Like I see guys that are amateur winning five, six, seven belts. And I'm like, man, like why haven't you went pro yet? Like it's cool to win belts. But like I'm talking guys that got like 15 fights. Like I'm not talking about Max. So I don't want anyone to think I'm coming at him. That dude's a killer. He's six fights in. He's only been doing May for a short time. You know, when he goes pro, he's going to blow the pro scene up. Man, everybody knows that. People are scared of him. The are fight amateur. I've seen guys that are pro now turn down fights with him. But yeah, it really didn't mean much to me after the first day of having it. I'm like, man, now it's time to go pro. It's time to buckle down and really show people what I have.
0: Did you know going into that fight that that was likely going to be your last amateur fight and that it was time for you to turn pro in MMA?
1: You know, I thought I was in that fight one or two more times because of my record. You know, people look at my record and they're like, this kid probably not that good. They don't look at like I was a state national champ. I'm a 3-0 pro boxer with three three first-round finishes. So they don't look at that. They look at my amateur record. I was 3-2, and, two, uh, and uh, they're like, he, he should have went pro. But what they don't realize is now that I'm training, there's no one in the amateur division that I can't beat. Like, if you look at, I think Logan's third or fourth. I think Logan's back up there. I think he's fourth or third-ranked amateur. So, like, I've already competed with the best dudes at the top of the list, And uh, I was going to fight Will Baxter, and he was, like, second, but it got denied. A lot of people think that I pulled out of that fight, but the fight got denied due to they weren't going to prove me because I was, at the time, I think I was 1-0 or 2-0 boxer, so they denied it. And I called up to the Ohio Commission, ended up getting pushed through to pro. Bernie's like, man, you shouldn't be fighting amateur anymore, like, not with your background. So they pushed me through, I'm like, you know what, I'm even more excited to work harder now
0: are those fights against Logan and even will too something that you're looking forward to in the future, maybe as a professional fighting those guys, or is that something that's kind of in the past? And if it happens, it happens.
1: Yeah, uh, man, here's the thing. I jumped in the deep waters for my first pro and my pro debut. I'm fighting the second rank dude in Ohio, like the fifth in the region, whatever it is. I took that fight. A lot of people ask me, and they're like, man, why wouldn't you take an easier fight for your pro debut? And, uh, Everybody thinks it's a good matchup. But there's some guys, there's some people out there that like, why do you take this, man? I'm like, you never know if you can swim unless you jump in deep water. you either going to sink and drown and die, or you're going to come out on top swimming, you know? I took this fight just because. But, yeah, in the future, if they work their way up, because if I win this fight, I'm not going to be fighting these dudes that are just now turned pro. I would rather fight someone else. I would like to fight for the number one spot, but the number one spot's held up by my best friend, Aaron, so – they would have to pay me a lot, pay him a lot for me to fight him because we've been. he's the one that kind of kept me in the game because at the time he was working at Chipotle, I walked in there, he looked me straight in the face after my second loss. He's like, man, you got so much skills, but you're looking like ass. I'm like, what? I didn't know who the kid was. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I watched your fight the other night. He's like, you can do so good, but you suck right now. He's like, you need to train. And he kind of like, at the time, I'm like, man, I want to fight this dude. Like, we're at Chipotle. And then some dude told me, they're like, man, you don't want to fight him. I'm like, who is he? He's like, that's Aaron Bush. like, he's number one ranked amateur or pro right now. He was three and one or four and one at the time, or four and zero. He's four and zero, and we became best friends. But uh, yeah, I'd love to fight Logan layer down the road. Red. Uh, we're about to actually, it ain't been announced yet. We're doing a grapple match March 25th. Me and him at uh was at OCL uh in Newark, Cherry Valley, and then uh i love to fight Will Baxter. Cause a lot of people thought that was going to be a good fight too
0: yeah and that grappling match is going to be exciting as well. and you mentioned Aaron Bush, a former guest on Forge in Ohio. love that guy, very entertaining. he's gone through some things he had a wild story to tell and it's great that you guys have have built a strong relationship as well. Let's talk about your professional MMA debut. It comes against Cameron Kinzig on March 3rd at Ohio Combat League. Cameron went six and one with one no contest as an amateur. He's one and0 as a pro. you mentioned kind of going into the deep end here. What do you think about the challenge ahead of you?
1: Yeah, he's a big dude. He's, you know, six foot six, six foot seven. He's been beat before by Antoine Phillips, which is a good friend of mine, too. He's got good kicks. He's long. You know, I'm not going to take anything away from the dude. You know, it's going to be one of them fights that I'm going to have to take him to the deep water to beat him. I've never seen him really get clipped or hit too hard. I see a lot of people try to wrestle on him, and that's not the game plan I'm going out here with. I mean, everybody thinks it is because I'm a wrestler, but they're going to get proven wrong the night of the fight. But. I got nothing but respect for the dude. You know, he's put his time in. I don't know how old he is, but I know he's put his time in as the amateurs and uh, but a lot of big-name people. So I'm excited to fight him, man. And uh, I would rather not fight pro. You know, I'd rather take time off, but they offered me this fight. I'd rather take time off and get more prepared. But I told Nicole I want the hardest fights, and she's like, well, Cam's ready. I'm like, I'm ready, too. Let's make it happen. And uh, I'm jumping in there. I got. I feel like he's got more to lose than I do right off the bat. I would rather have a, you know, win for my pro debut, but I'm going to fight my heart out. I know he's coming to fight and whoever wins, wins. The best man wins, you know.
0: Yeah, it looks like Cameron is 30 years old, so a few years older than you. And I'm not necessarily asking for a prediction here, but how do you actually see that fight on March 3rd playing out?
1: I feel like we're going to meet in the middle, touch gloves. Uh, I know he's on throws kicks. He's a strong kicker. He throws a lot of hard kicks. Everyone I talk to say he kicks hard. Hopefully I can get away A couple of them, you know, I'm sure he's going to land some. Everybody lands their favorite thing to do. He's going to probably throw some jabs in my face. He's long. I'm going to try to pressure him a little bit, move around the rank, feel him out that first round. Probably not going to be a lot of action the first round because I want to feel him out, see what he's about. And then from there, we're going to go back to my corner. I got a couple of good corner people. We're going to talk what we're going to do, and I'm going to come out there and put on a show that second round for people. And I'm going to surprise a lot of people it, hopefully everyone's ready for me to shock them because uh, we got a pretty good game plan right now. I'm not going to say it on here. We'll, uh, we'll, we're, we're prepared.
0: Yeah, man, that's getting me excited. I'm sure it's making the listeners excited as well for March 3rd, OCLU versus Cameron in a heavyweight clash. Talking to Bad Matt Adams on Forge in Ohio, I would do want to transition a little bit into boxing because you are a professional boxer on top of having to worry about this upcoming pro MMA debut. You even have a boxing match booked for April. Talk to me about how you got into the sport. And you mentioned you're a very credentialed boxer as well with a 3-0 record and those three finishes.
1: Yeah, man. It, like I said earlier, it was kind of funny. I took the, I got in the boxing because of my buddy Brody.
0: Great dude. We stay in touch every
1: day. He, uh, we train at four in the morning every day doing cardio. But yeah, he took a boxing fight through VO2. And at the time I wasn't even training VO2. So he told me to come up. I went up, started training with him. I was the last, I was the last dude out of the car to get someone pulled out. And, uh, I went down there thinking like, man, me and Brody make it to the finals, man. Like, do I fight him? Because I really don't want to fight someone I'm that close with. And it's amateur, so we weren't going to get paid, you know? And I was hoping he was on the other side of bracket. I was on, you know, different side, something. And man, if he wins, I win. If we meet in the finals. I, I was honestly not going to fight him because we were such good friends at the time. I just feel like that would have ruined the friendship. But uh, first, first fight, I finished in like a minute 30, I think. Second fight, I fought a dude named Jesse Byron. We're great friends now. I think I dropped him five or six times before finishing him. Third fight, I fought one of the best box the the best boxer in tournament, Derek Gibson, and uh, end up we're gonna win the decision. I got the unanimous decision. Then I fought a dude that just looks like, you know, ex marine, ex martial football player. He was uh, six foot two, nothing but muscle, fast, hits hard. End up fighting him in the finals for a belt. We're we're really good friends now. But uh, then I got offered to go pro, which I was kind of lenient about. I'm like, man, I really don't. I kind of like fight amateur. You have fun time when i went pro it kind of uh you know it was awesome making money but I, i, I hate to say it, but boxing amateur was a lot more fun than boxing pro why is that because you like i said earlier amateur yeah. record it does matter to a certain extent but it doesn't so you know i went five and one in boxing and uh as an amateur i just felt like it was so much fun to go out there and just you know you go out there and you let your hands go whatever happened happened. you know, we went down decision, you lost, you lost. Like, that does suck. I don't want to lose. I'm a competitive dude. But you got to push yourself, and you knew sometime you could go pro, you know. They let anybody go pro in boxing, so you're you're like, all right, if I lose a few, I can still go pro and have fun. But now it's like the negotiations, you go back and forth about the money, you go back and forth what venue you want to fight on. You know, I have a manager now, and we go back and forth on things. We don't see I, I. I. all the time. And I'm a dude who just likes fighting. Like, it's not about, it wasn't about the money when I first got into it. It was just about fighting and having fun. But now it's like, you got to negotiate your worth. And now that I'm 3 0, you know, I'm kind of negotiating, like, you know, it's just a lot. I'd rather just have fun with my friends fighting than anything. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And we even know at the highest level, boxing can be a very difficult sport to compete in just with the behind the, the scene kind of stuff with UFC. I mean, you know, these, these fights are being made more often than in boxing. I believe you've competed a lot for CHP Pro Boxing and the King of the Mountain State Contest, if I'm getting that right. What's that promotion and structure meant for you as you started boxing?
1: You know, Chase was a Chase is a really good, dude. Uh, Chase Hill, he's been the boxing for a long time. So when i got into it i didn't think anything i didn't think anything would come out of it you know i didn't know if i was gonna make it to finals but i knew i was a competitor i'm like i'm not gonna get beat the first round i'm definitely making my goal was to make it semis and not win it and uh chase kind of he didn't know who i was no one knew who i was down there boxing they're like who's this kid and i started winning they're like they got more interested like i want to find out who he is and uh chase ended up telling me he's like man you make it to finals I don't care who wins, you put on a show, I'm signing you. Like you showed me you got heart, you have a chin, you know, you move forward, you put on a show. Everybody keeps asking me, like, when are you gonna be on the next card and stuff? I'm like, Yeah, man, you know, I love it. And uh we end up signing with each other. I signed with him and it's been fun. Uh my last fight, I was going through some mental stuff, so, uh, mental health issues. I should have never took the fight. Uh I went out there, looked like crap, I was out of shape, I was overweight. Uh, ended up winning the fight, though. I got the first round finish. But uh, if it wasn't because of me hitting so hard, I think the dude probably wouldn't have beat me. I don't want to say that. But I was nowhere in the right headspace or physically to be in that ring.
0: Was that the Caleb Slaughter fight, or was that a different fight? Yeah, that was the Caleb Slaughter fight. And you looked—I mean, you, you're very self-critical on that performance, but you did win fairly easily by TKO. No, going into it, maybe you weren't all there, but— that great win last October. Tell me more about that fight.
1: Yeah. Caleb was a great dude. Uh, he was six foot five, you know, 275 pounds lean. Like he had muscle. He was great. He was fast. He fought a If you look, he fought a lot of big name people. He's actually taken in a couple guys decisions or got pretty big names. So going in that fight, I'm like, all right, man, this should be fun. And you look at a record and everyone's like, man, you know, his record ain't great. And I'm like, but have you seen who he's fought? Have you seen like him go to the distance with some of these guys? And, uh, I knew it was big. I knew it was strong. Uh, I got a call, and they're like, hey, do you want to fight on this card? And I knew I should never took the fight. I'm like, man, I'm not in shape. I'm going through some mental health issues. I shouldn't be on this card. But had a couple of friends fighting on it. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll go fight on it. I got down there. And I seen how good a shape he was in compared to me. I thought to myself, like, why did I take this fight? But, uh, you know, being like I'm like, I'm going to fight. My nerves didn't get to me. It was more self-doubt because I was out of shape. We went out there, we touched gloves, he started hitting me with a couple jabs, moving around pretty good. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to have to finish the dude's first round if I want to win this fight, which I end up doing. But uh, it was an awesome win. He's a great dude. I still stay in touch with him. And I can't wait for this upcoming fight. I don't like the dude I'm fighting. We'll probably never be friends. But I'm not one of them guys that talk a lot of crap.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about Rob Perez here in a minute. I do want to ask, though, and maybe I'm I'm off base here, but you talk about the self-doubt and the mental health problems going into that fight against Caleb Slaughter. Is there nothing better to help correct that than going out there? And maybe not the best performance, but you still win by TKO. Is that definitely something that's reassuring to you, both with your mental health and, and the self-doubt that you had going into it?
1: Yeah, honestly, training boxing is what kind of keeps my mind at ease and my daughter, my wife, if it wasn't because my daughter, and my wife, I don't think I'd still be fighting. I think I'd be out of this fight game. Cause they kind of drew me back into it. They're like my wife more than anything. Cause my daughter's only three now, but my wife kind of drew me back into it and fighting kind of keeps me like at ease. It's like, it's something that I hate to say this, it's almost like meditate, meditating to me. It's kind of just like something I do and I enjoy. Like I go up, like I went up yesterday. We did a lot of rounds. I did like 40 minutes in a row, five-minute rounds. Uh, I loved every second. You know, I was gassed. I was sweating. I was out, out of energy, but I enjoyed it. I wake up when I go to train then like a four in the morning. I, did I enjoy it. It gets my mind at ease. It's like I'm working towards something bigger than just, you know, working out. I know I got goals. So I got to reach.
0: Has fighting always been that kind of de-stressor for you ever since, you know, back in the day when you were wrestling in high school? Has that always kind of been your way and method of meditating in a way?
1: Yeah, uh, wrestling kind of kept me at ease too, winning. You know, I'm not really much of a showman, but, you know, I wrestled and everyone loved the way I wrestled. Everyone Because I competed, if you watch any of my wrestling matches, I kind of competed like a, lighter weight than what I was, you know, obviously I was a heavyweight division, but I was doing things the lightweights were doing like these 160 pounders, the 155 pounders, you know, I was going out there doing moves they were doing, you know, and if you notice, I throw boots in too, being a heavyweight, like I throw boots in, I can ride the hip, you know, I got great hip pressure. So doing that and knowing I could do that just kind of kept me like when I was on top winning matches, I just, you know, I was breathing easy. I was thinking, man, this is fun. I was enjoying it. Just like fighting. I enjoy it. Like win or lose, I love it. Like, it just keeps my mind level. And, you know, when I took them losses, it kind of kept my mind at ease. Like, I can be beat, you know, if I don't put the work in. I was depressed about it, but I knew at time, I'm like, man, if I want to do something, I got to buckle down. And uh, now that I'm doing it, I love it. And it keeps me, like, just keeps me in a great mood knowing that. Like, that's why I think I booked so many things in a row. I think that's why I got this inmate fight coming up. I got this grapple match coming up. I got this boxing main event match fight coming up you know I think that's and I'm looking at another grapple match hopefully in April
0: how do you remain focused on each fight rather than bouncing from both of them or looking ahead to other matches like you said you're you're booking all these fights in different disciplines back to back to back and and not much like time frame in between each one either
1: I don't look ahead to the other fights I get offers and I'll take them and then I put them in my back pocket because when it comes to grappling, that kind of ties into MMA. You know, you're doing that in MMA training. That ties in that. And then when you're working MMA, you're also doing stand-up, moving around, doing boxing, hitting mitts, sparring rounds. So if you look at it, all kind of – MMA kind of all ties into everything because you got your grappling, you got your jitsu you got your muay thai, you got your stand-up. You know, so it all ties into MMA. That's what, it, you know, mixed martial arts obviously – that's something you cover, and you know, being in the sport and watching it, it all ties into it. So like when I take them, I know that I'm training for everything. You know, I'm not just training for wrestling or training for boxing. I'm doing everything I can to become better at boxing become better at wrestling, become better at jiu-jitsu. So I don't really ever get nervous to book and things like that. When the offer comes up, I get excited about it.
0: We're still pretty early into 2023, but is your plan to stay active this year in both boxing, MMA, even these grappling events as well?
1: Yeah, I would like to grapple four, five, six times this year. I know that's a lot with how much time's left a year. Uh, I like to fight at least four times and maybe more if I keep get going. Uh, boxing, I like to fight three, four times this year as well. I know that sound, everyone's going to listen to this and say that's not possible, but uh, if you buckle down and if I keep winning – you know, you can fight anytime you want. So hopefully I can get that in and uh, have a big year. And then next year, really take three or four or five months off and really buckle down and get a lot get in a lot better shape than I am now. I'd like to, honestly, sometime in my career, fight at 205.
0: Would that be a difficult transition for you? Or is that something that you could actually see yourself doing, you know, rather easily and competing at 205 in the future?
1: Uh, I think the weight cut would be the biggest thing. Sure. But I've have cut down I have cut down two ten before uh just on a like it was like a four or five months cut, so I know I can make it now when it comes to transition to that weight, I look at as and I hate to say this people are gonna kind of hate that I'm about to say this I look at I trained with the best two of five right now, and as amateur and like when he goes pro, he's gonna blow up the scene too I mean this trayvon just one of them freak athletes that you don't see a lot, you know he's like a unicorn, I hate to say it like that. He hits so hard, and no one's seen his boxing. yet. He only, They only see his power, but his boxing is second to none, and his wrestling is so great, too. I've been working with him. He's 2 of 5, and uh, I think he's the best in the country. Right now, even at amateur, uh, you know, he was supposed to fight Mateo. Mateo ended up going pro, didn't want that fight, and I don't blame him. But Trayvon's probably the best 2 of 5 there is right now. When he goes pro, he's going to make it look easy, too. So... Yeah, I two or five. I see me doing that only because I feel like I'm trained with the best right now. And then, you know, I'm trained with Travis, you know, he's fought light lighter than what he is now. You know, his last fight was a Bridger weight boxing. But and then Dan Spawn, You know, he's pretty light of a guy. So I feel like 205 would be something I like to at least try once in my career.
0: I want to go back to a comment you made just a little bit ago. You said you weren't much of a showman, but the showman did come out a little bit after your last boxing match when the mic was in your hands. You called out a couple of boxers and the first one you called out was Rod Perez who you're fighting in the main event of a card going down on April 14th. You had some words to say towards Perez, so I'm wondering what type of heat there is between the two of you.
1: You know, man, I got no bad luck with anyone, but this dude, I don't know what I don't know if he wants to be my girlfriend or what. No, I'm not going to say that in a weird way, but he's one of them dudes that, like, he wants to be famous so bad. And which is cool, man. If that's what your career is, you want to be famous, that's fine. Uh, he's 30, 31 years old. He acts like a little 14-year-old. He runs his mouth. He makes statements that shouldn't be said. I still don't have bad blood above him but uh, about him. But uh, I've signed a contract. And this is what people don't know. I've signed a contract to fight this dude three times now. He's pulled out three times with excuses The money wasn't right. He's worth more than that. I'm like, buddy, you get like five views on each of your videos. I'm not trying to talk crap, but how are you worth more than that? He fought on King of Mountain Card and sold one pay-per-view his last fight. So I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I'll fight you just because... I signed three times, he pulled out, so I didn't plan on fighting him, but then he started saying stuff on Facebook about my wife, and uh, you know, I don't like the disrespect when it comes to, like, women, my wife, my kids, so and he crosses the line with other people. Like he made statements about uh, one of the dudes that I fight with, uh, have his wife have an abortion or a miscarriage. He made a statement like that. And that's just one of them dudes that like, you want to punch in the face.
0: How confident are you that he's going to show up on the 14th of April?
1: I know what he's getting paid. If he don't show up, it'll be the biggest payday that he probably will ever get. I'm not trying to say that. If he met, you know, if he beats me and goes big, he'd probably get paid more. I mean, but I know what he's getting paid. I uh, know where he's getting out of the fight, so, and he's getting brought up to the main event, so I know he's excited about that. So I think he will show up. I hope he shows up so he can get knocked out, and uh, we'll see how it is after I mean, obviously, I got confidence in my skills. I don't think he really have a lot of confidence in his skills like he talks. You know, he switches up in interviews like he was talking about, like, oh, I know I see Matt's training, so I know he's watching what I'm doing. He'll go from that to, oh, I'm going to knock this dude out. And he makes statements that I just don't really like. Like he made a statement about that NFL player that dropped on the field mm-hmm. in his last review. I'm like, man, you know, there's some things you don't say. And it made me almost not take the fight because I'm like, man, if you're going to disrespect my wife and my kid during this, you know, fight camp, I really don't want to fight you.
0: Yeah, hopefully you strays away from those type of comments. And you mentioned it's going to be the main event of that card in Kentucky. How much are you looking forward to that event and the opportunity to get your hands on Perez on April 14th?
1: Yeah, I'm not looking too much forward yet because obviously I got probably the biggest challenge of my career coming up March 3rd. Uh, So I'm not looking too much forward on that fight. I mean, obviously I want to put this dude in his place. I still don't even have bad blood. That's a problem. Like we're going to, you know, we're talking about this, but at the end of the day, being a competitor, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. I want to see both guys leave the ring and be able to go to their families, go see their kids if they have kids, not have to go to the hospital, you know, for medical bills, you know. So, yeah, I do want to put my hands on this dude, but I also don't want to, you know, hurt him. I do, but I don't want to. I don't like seeing people get hurt when I fight them because I know if there's a long recovery for things like that. So right now, I'm focused on Cam. He's the hell of a fighter, one of the, probably one of the best heavyweights there is right now in Ohio, obviously. He's number two, and he's only 1-0, so people look at him highly. So I'm looking at him, and then I got Logan to look forward to. So Rob's the last thing on my mind right now. He's talking still. I'm the only thing on his mind. So hopefully after this, he can uh, just put me behind him and not really talk about me anymore.
0: It's incredible that you have that mindset towards Rob and you don't have that vendetta against him or you're trying to not make things personal when he's coming out and making all these comments about your family and about other things that just really should not be commented on. Do you ever imagine yourself having like a huge rivalry in the fight game or are you always going to have this mindset where, you know, you don't want anybody to get hurt at the end of the day?
1: You know, I get the whole mindset, you know, killed or be killed in the fight game. And I li- I do live by that because obviously I don't want to go out there and, you know, get beat. So I do go out there and try to win. I got there and try to hurt people. But in the back of my mind, I don't want to see anybody get hurt too bad or to a point where, you know, they got to get to hospital. You know, they got a long recovery because something happened. Like when I fought Tyler May, uh, I really did hurt Tyler May bad and I felt bad. I think I ended up breaking his orbital and uh, his nose was messed up. His eye was all cut up. And there was a long, I heard there was a long road for him recovery. He's back now, but, you know, you don't see the effect you have on that till you hear about it. And uh, we're cool now, but the hearing what I did to him, like it just made me feel like I'm like, damn, man, like I don't really did. Cause I know he's got family. So, but no, I'm gonna have that mindset, but I'm also know that it's a kill or be killed sport. And you got to go out there ready to do what you got to do to win. Cause you know, Cam ain't come out there and be nice to me. He's not going to give me a hug and you know shake my hand and stuff. So, I'm coming out there maybe after fight, you know, we can be cool and you know, dab each other up and move on. But, you know, if it comes to a point where I have a rivalry, you know, I'm ready for it. I hope I don't because <laughs> that means that we're going to fight two or three times and like John Jones and, you know, Daniel Cormier did. I really don't want to fight someone two or three times.
0: Right. That makes sense. You know, you're... Involved in so many sports with the grappling, the boxing, the mixed martial arts, if you were forced to commit to one sport or have the most success in one sport over the other, would it be boxing or would it be mixed martial arts?
1: No, in May, 100% in May. Uh, I honestly was going to step away from boxing for a while. I know that I told you guys a little bit ago uh, I was going to fight four times this year, but before I got booked for a raw press fight, I was going to step away from it. I was going to take six, seven, eight months off, and I only focus on May just because I love it more. I get more excited wake up in the morning knowing I uh, have an MMA fight than i do a boxing fight uh if i could choose one it'd be 100 percent MMA, and i think that i'm gonna have to make a choice soon which one it's gonna be in may i hate to say that but uh i'm gonna finish this year with a couple more boxing fights too but after this year i don't think you'll see me in the boxing ring much more after this year
0: well, it's certainly exciting for the MMA fans listening right now to see you in MMA in the long run. One more question for you, really, and it's more of a lighthearted question. I heard in an interview, Matt, that one of your pre-fight rituals, if you will, is to eat gummy bears backstage before your fights. When gummy worms. Gummy worms, sorry. When did this start, and is there any reason for it, other than the obvious fact that you enjoy those snacks, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: They're trollies. I get the purple pack. Uh <laughs> you know, people laugh because I, I don't eat the whole pack i'll I'll give them a lot of other fighters a lot of other people i'll eat my ritual eat like five six seven at the most i had them before a fight i didn't feel great before a fight and uh it was actually tyler may fight i didn't feel great i didn't feel good i felt kind of sluggish i didn't feel like i had a lot of energy i don't drink caffeine i don't you know i don't do any of that i don't drink energy drinks so i kind of just felt like i was in a slump and uh my wife pulled out a gas station i went in there and i always love gummy worms i all I always love candy like i used to have them my wife used to have a jar for me called the skittle jar she used to it clear full up i used to eat skittles all day all day long but uh she we went in there i'm like what can i get i grabbed those just thinking like yeah cool and i ate four or five of those and i honestly the sugar kind of helped me feel a little bit more energized that sounds dumb but i went down and dominated the fight and uh After that, man, I just felt like my wife made a statement to me. She said, you got to get them every fight, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, I do. So every fight now, we stop at the gas station. I won't buy them before the fight. I'll buy them on the way down like always. And I'll eat four or five, six of them, and I'll share them with everyone else. And uh, people will have them be in weigh-ins when they see me with that. But my weight's always good, so I'm not really worried about, you know, missing weight.
0: That's an incredible story and everybody has their own thing. I mean, I've talked to fighters in the past that smell roses before fights to calm themselves down. Your thing just so happens to be gummy worms. Do I smell like a, a future partnership or sponsorship here with these trolley gummy worms? Oh man. I love that. Obviously they're <laughs> Obviously they're a huge company. I
1: have to make it big to get that, but that'd be something cool. Uh, people joke around that. You're not the first piece person to joke around and said that. And, uh, they would be sweet, honestly. I don't eat them a lot outside of my fight day just because, you know, I'm on my weight cut. You know, I'm trying to get healthy. So I don't eat them a lot. I'll have them every now and then. But when it comes fight day, you're going to see me with them. Like, you're, you're probably going to see a couple pictures of me carrying them around at OC or Hollywood Casino and stuff. And uh, people are going to laugh, you know. There's a lot of people that are going to laugh and make fun of it. But it's just something
0: that I have to do. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, before we wrap up, Matt, anything you want to shout out in terms of social media handles, things going on at the gym, or sponsorships?
1: Yeah, uh, I like to – I'm not going to put my social media out there, obviously. Now, I know you probably tag me in an interview, which is fine. I'm not really a big social media fan, sure. people. like I post stuff about my fights and stuff, try to get hype. But you don't see me trying to sell a lot of tickets, which I need to do. But, yeah, I just want to shout out to uh, VO2, Ronan. I want to shout out Trayvon, Wimberly. Jay, all these guys, Austin, all these guys that have been helping me through camp, pushing me, even when on my days I don't want to show up. Brody, uh, I want to shout out them guys. VO2's killer gym. They're locating in Newark. If you want to come get some rounds in it, people, text me. Text guys you know that go there. Uh, big shout out to my wife and my daughter. They keep me on the right path. And just a big shout out to like, people like you. You know, you're know, keeping the, I don't want to say this to sound weird, but you're keeping the MMA game kind of alive because – around the area you're kind of getting people talking about more like you're like when we t- start talking I'm like man I'd love to be on this podcast just because I hear people like max like Aaron like these guys getting on there I'm like man you know this is an awesome thing to do and you're doing it and uh I can honestly see in the future you blowing up and going big and I'm gonna be like damn bro I was like
0: the 18th guest on there Wow. Well, thank you, Matt. That means a lot to me, and it means more more than you know on this this Fortune Ohio journey that I've, I've started so far, and thank you again for joining the show. You're one hell of an athlete, and I'm excited to see you in your MMA debut, your pro MMA debut here soon, and then shortly after that in April in a boxing contest. This is Fortune Ohio. I always end interviews. I know you've listened to podcasts in the past, so you know what I'm about to say. I end interviews on this podcast with the chant for our state. I know you have an Ohio outline tattoo, so I know you'll give me some passion here. So, O.H. I.O. Thanks, Matt. Thanks again for the time and for joining the show. Good luck in training and leading up to your upcoming fights. I wish you the best in those two bouts and and hopefully we can reconnect uh, down the line soon. Yeah, but you have a blessed day. That was Bad Matt Adams, the three and two heavyweight amateur mixed martial artist who makes his pro MMA debut this Saturday, March 3rd at Ohio Combat League 24. What an insane card that is. He's also a credentialed heavyweight boxer with a main event booked for April 14th against Rob Perez. This is definitely a guy you want to keep an eye on, and he just loves to fight. I appreciate him joining us on the show, and I appreciate you for listening to this episode of Forged in Ohio. If you liked it, then check out some other episodes of the podcast. Follow the show on Instagram at Forged in Ohio, and don't forget to share with others as well. I've been your host, Jake Marin, and this was Forged in Ohio.